I just want to say, I just want to commend you that we're really proud of you. We're just proud of what you guys do in our church and absolutely fantastic. You know, I'm going to buy you a cape and uh, we're, we're going to be... We're going to be Fat Man and Robin, right? That'll be fantastic. Bless you, mate. We love you. Give another big hand. That'll be great. Fat Man and Robin. And uh, <laughs> I've got a story about that, but I won't go there. And uh, we, we could start Nikki and the Boys Superheroes. Have our own album out. Mate, we can, we can really take this a long way. It will be incredible. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I was in Vanuatu and... Uh, some of you might not know, but because of the Victory Church, we actually, uh, through the Victory Church, which is one of our, uh, in our network, uh, they have a lot of missions that they do. They're in Vanuatu, in India, uh, they're in Malaysia, and they're also in South Africa. And they wanted me to visit every, you know, missions base. And I said, guys, that ain't happening, you know. So I sort of picked the easiest one. I thought, let me see now. Do I want to go to India? No. Do I want to go to South Africa? No. Not that, I mean, I've been to South Africa a few times. It's beautiful. Okay, all you South Africans, calm down. <laughs> Noah, take him out. Okay, so then, so I picked Vanuatu because I thought it's only, you know, three or four hours, which well, it's a bit longer than that. You know, it, it, it's, you know, I've been there once, you know, for about three hours. I can handle that. And wouldn't you believe I got caught in a cyclone? How's that for, you know, I'm thinking, God, take care of me. And here I was caught in a cyclone and I won't go there. But, you know, God, while I was there, God really spoke to me about and just made some things very clear to me about our missions model. And I was so thankful because I was just able to see some things that really began to uh, just unlock some of the things and, and just bring together some of the thoughts that we've had about missions, which is exciting. I do want to have a mission Sunday where um, I, I do want to bring somebody from Victory Church here that um, will talk to you about some of the exciting things that we could do together. And there obviously seems to be a connection uh, in a practical way that we can do some great things, but we'll leave that for another day. You know, every three or four months as your pastor, I, I do uh, do updates. And the reason that I do updates is because it's really important that we understand, um, you know, where our vision is. You know, vision, uh, you know, God gives us vision, but he doesn't give us all the details. You know, he many times, like, you know, I've used this before, you know, he said to Moses, just go. He doesn't give you all the details. He doesn't give you all the details of vision. So vision unfolds, it unlocks. And so it's really important that we understand the stages that we're in as a church with vision. And it's really important that, you know, if this is your church, if you consider Union Hill Church the place that God has planted you, the place that your roots are deep in, the place that you're going to flourish and be fruitful for the kingdom of God, that you are aware of what goes on in the church, but also that you are kept in, in up to date with what we're doing in our church. How many of you know that's important? And I really hope that you appreciate that. We don't do it every week, but we do want to give you updates every three to four months. I am aware that some of you today need ministry and some of you need prayer. And so um, because it is more of a vision-focused day today, uh, I would love for you, if you do have a need, if you need prayer, if you need support, uh, come to the front straight after the meeting and I'll be at the front with a couple of the team and we're just going to pray with you. We want to make sure that you are loved, that you're encouraged and that you are supported. You know, God is about vision but he's about people and the vision is actually about, you know, uh, resourcing the church to reach people, which is important. Over the last, the beginning of this year, I noticed a few things that are happening in our church. Number one, there seems to be an acceleration of things. 
uh, all of a sudden, you know, it, it's, it's like this year things have accelerated and I'm watching things that most probably, um, you know, have been on the back blocks, all of a sudden doors that are being opened uh, quite dramatically and, and uh, they're just opening up very, very quickly. And I also see that there's a multiplication effect that's happening. It's causing our church to be stretched. It's causing some of our staff to be stretched. It's stretching our capacity. Um, but, you know, I really believe that there's a, there's a big call of God upon this church and that we have, really, we're just still scratching the surface of it. How many of you know that? And so can I just ask you, you know, we, we really do need help in certain areas, like, for instance, in our children's department. Uh, it's, it's growing. It's stretching. And, um, you know, if, if you maybe haven't considered that, maybe if you could help us with that, some of our hosting, just some of our practical sides uh, of church life, we really, really do need your help. And uh, if you can help us in that, that would be absolutely fantastic. So today I want to talk about our warehouse. Um, in 2015, in December 2015, we purchased the warehouse that is adjacent to this building. And, uh, you know, it was not on, it, it was in my heart, but it was not on the drawing board because I thought God had let us, we hadn't even come into this building. This building hadn't even been completed. And I, even though that was in my heart and I knew that God wanted us to get it because um, I really felt two things, that we shouldn't get gridlocked as a church, but also we needed a community hub for the unchurched. Because how many of you know some people need ministry even though they won't come into these four walls? And some people just, you know, they, their whole concept of church or their concept of God is one that because of different experiences or because of lack of knowledge or hurt, who knows why, just will never set foot in, um, you know, in a church. But aren't you glad that God is outside these four walls, that he's not limited to that? And so I really felt in my heart that we needed to create a community hub, a place where people could come and still connect with Christians and still connect with the purpose and the heartbeat of God. And that's why we bought this building. That building is, is the same size as this. It's amazing. And uh, we, we were so blessed that uh, we were able to purchase it, even though it did stretch us. And so we ended up buying this warehouse, this community hub, really, that... Um, you know, that we, I thought we were going to buy two years down the track in most probably 2019. We bought it before we even moved into this building. God made a way. Aren't you glad that God always makes a way? His purpose is redemptive. He always wants to redeem people. And whenever people are involved, he makes a way. Come on, give God a hand of praise for that. So he made a way. And so in December the 2015, we were able to purchase that building. And um, then we moved into this building in 2016, in February 2016. We did that by faith, bought it by faith, and we're building a bridge of community. Now, then we got caught a little bit with the um, trying to get council approval. Now, how many of you know, sometimes we get frustrated as people, but God's always on time. You know, and I'd go, God, we've got this building. How come we can't, you know, proceed? And we got somehow, for some reason, we got gridlocked with the council. 
And things went back and forward, back and forward. We were able to do some things. We were able to put a music school there, which was great, which Natalie runs. We were able to put Cam there, uh, who um, has, has his own business, Cam Print. And we were also able to just use the warehouse part while it was in a standstill position. We were able to use it as a warehouse and Habitat Australia, which John Graham works for, uh, he, he was able, that company, to actually use it and the money that's sold with the goods in there actually goes to building houses for the underprivileged. What a great, great ministry. So it's actually been at use, but it hasn't been functional to the purpose of what we really felt. But thank God, last month uh, we received council approval. Isn't that great? And finally, finally, we got everything ticked off after, after I'd met with the mayor and, you know, the, you know, look, they obviously have difficult situations and I understand that there's got to be all the processes, they want to do things right, we have to honour that, we have to respect that and we have to trust God in it. But after everything got approved, the final stamp got on uh, and now that we've got that, we are in, now we have to get a building approval. You know, you've got to get approval after approval after approval after approval. They've got my approval and they've got Jesus' approval but we need building approval now. Now, we, that takes six weeks and Bernie and Cindy, who are travelling, doing uh, sort of holiday work at the moment, he's uh, supervising that for us. And I've been told by Bernie, but by the end of May, we should be able to get our building certificate, which means we can go ahead. So what's going to happen, the first two things that are going to happen is we're going to open up two doors on either end so we can have access to that building. Like I said, we've already got, got a music school there which is actually upstairs. And actually, it's not just a music school. There's a dance school for young kids. Um, we have a business in there, Cam Print. Um, and, and Cam sort of supervises and watches the building for us. We've also got a counselling centre there that we've been building. And Jean Tom, Jean, could you stand for me? Would that be all right? She's going, no, I don't want to. But please, this is Jean, everybody. And Jean is our head counsellor. And we just thank God for Jean. She is a, a trained counsellor. Her and Angie at the moment are the team. And we've got two counselling rooms. And a lot of the counselling that the, these guys do are to the unchurched. Isn't that great? I actually met someone um, in, in the DFO area uh, that, um, you know, we, we through connection with, with Greg and I, who actually said to me, I need some counselling. We recommended him to Jean and he's seen her twice. And I just think, isn't that fantastic that unchurched people are, are going to get counselling? So we've got a counselling centre which we want to grow. The other thing which is great about this counselling centre is now Jean and Angie actually are travelling down to uh, our Bendigo church and um, they're doing counselling on Saturdays. I think you were up there you're going up there next week and, and they've got about five hours of counselling to do. So there's a connection which is absolutely brilliant that's happening. The other thing that we want to do and we're going to have plans. As soon as the building uh, has been um, uh, approved, we will have plans for you. There's going to be a multi-purpose training room that will sit about 120 people uh, that will, bat will also be used for our youth programs and our young adults programs and have a cafe and a kitchen in there. It'll be happy. You've got to have cafes and kitchen for youth. But it will also be used for training for the community. In other words, some of the programs that we want to run in that training centre will not be, they will be principled and Christian-based, but they will not be to train Christians. They will be to help the unchurched. Don't you think that is fantastic? And so there's all sorts of programs that we're looking 
looking at. We obviously are praying to see what is going to help our community. And I think that's absolutely fantastic that that's going to happen. Now, in the warehouse, the warehouse is about this size. We've been praying and saying, God, what will unfold in this area? And so there's most probably three things that we see. The first one is that we see an op shop. And um, it's a big warehouse, so we're not going to make it, the whole thing's not going to be, you know, completely op shop. Uh, and one of the reasons I think that's going to be a great idea also is because our Bendigo church has an op shop also. So we're going to be able to cross-pollinate and cross-link some of that, which is great. We're also going to have a food bank. Uh, which I will, which also our Bendigo campus has, and there is some other news that I'm going to give you a bit later on, which is very, very exciting. But there is one more piece to the puzzle that is the mystery piece. And uh, we sort of know what it is, but we're not going to tell you. Zachariah is excited about that. Isn't that great? Don't you just love that you've got to still hang on? And the reason we're not telling you about that yet is because we're still doing some research to see if that's actually where we're going to go down. That's just called wisdom and in the um, process of what God's doing. So uh, what's going to happen is that we believe and we've been told by Bernie that the, um, once we start building, the whole thing should be finished by September. So by September, springtime, a new season, we should be in there and it should be functioning. And you know what? The centre I see is a place where people can come. We can dress them, we can feed them, we can counsel them, we can support them, we can strengthen them, and we can tell them about the love of Jesus through our love to them. Is that okay? I think that is a fan. Come on, give God praise. And um, so... We have been working and preparing that. We also have, um, uh, we're talking to the, the staff person who will run that. That person will, be, uh, will hopefully engage on our staff in July. But because of uh, some of the things that we have to walk through, uh, we will let you know who that person is, who those people are, who that team is, um, as all those processes are put together. So, you know, thank you for your patience. I'm very, very excited about that because what I believe it's going to do, it's going to unlock a whole other area of ministry to our church. And I believe that, you know, one of the things that God put on my heart uh, about a vision is this here, that, that uh, you know, when I came here in 2012, actually November the 16th, this church will be five years old under my leadership. Uh, which, you know, we've seen God do some amazing things just in f less than five years. And, um, you know, in 20, uh, in 20, this year rather, uh, in November, we will be five years. But when I first came here in 2012, I really felt that God put on my heart that this would be an apostolic hub. This would be a hub that would uh, do some particular things. Here's the first thing, that it would bring influence and impact to our community, our nation, and the nations beyond. I believe the day's going to come that through our training and through what God's put on our heart, that we're going to see people go beyond the four walls of this church, that we're going to see people trained here. The three things of our expression of our vision, if I, if I can have it up, is three things. That's what I believe God's called us to do, to see people restored, to see them raised up, and to see them released in the kingdom. And I believe the day's going to come, and it might be beyond my time. 
Uh, but you know, I, I'm, I'm like Abraham. Sometimes, you know, you're just part of the journey of what God wants to fulfill. But do you know what? I believe that what's going to happen is not only are we going to see people restored, we're going to see them raised up, we're going to see them released, and we're going to see them released not just to different communities of Melbourne, but even to the nation and to the nations of the world. I wish today I had five hours because there's some things to talk to you because there's some things and there's some strategic positioning of people right now that is going to unlock our vision to to literally go beyond the borders of Australia. And uh, I, I won't go there because if I go there, I'll take a whole different path. So I really felt that we were going to be an influential and impacting church. I, I believe that we're going to be a generational church, a family church, but I also believe that we were going to be a church that would influence beyond our borders. So very quickly, our restorative heart. Uh, do you know, for the first three years of this church, really, even though restoring, raising up and releasing is the expression of our vision, um, really for the first three years, we, we really just lived in that restorative spirit and heart. And, and, you know, we saw God bring disconnected people here. We saw people that were discouraged and disillusioned reconnect with God and his purpose. And some of you maybe are here and God's still restoring you. Maybe you're on a journey where you're still being restored. That The spirit of restoration will always be in this church. And, you know, I love the word restoration because half the word means to rest. And some people just need to come to church and just rest. Just reconnect with God. Just, just find that his yoke is easy. And to find that he wants to give you rest. And for the first three years, really, you know, I really wanted to get engaged part two, raise up, and I was trying to run some causes. But really, our, our, sort of the journey of our building reflected the journey of restoration. And so for the first three years, we really began to see the restoring hand of God. People didn't come here just for restoration. Some people came here because there was new seasons in God. But a lot, we saw a lot of people restored and, um, you know, I'm so thankful for that. But I did feel last year that there was a shift. As we came into this building, I felt that God began to unlock the second part of our vision, which was to raise people up. And uh, I was just thinking about that this morning, that I was really praying. I was saying, God, I, I'm so thankful that you've led us this far. It's by your grace. We've been miraculously, you've given us this building. We've been able to buy that warehouse. We've seen people restored, but we need people. We need gifts that can help us to raise people up, to teach them and to empower them. And so the amazing thing was, it was actually, I think, to uh, this week, a year to this week, that Greg and Sue and myself sat in a cafe on the Gold Coast. We were at the National Conference and I began to share with, well, actually Greg began to share with me his heart. He'd actually been offered a church and, um, and I said to him, you should take it. You'd, you'd make an incredible senior pastor. How many of you know he would make a great senior pastor? You know what I loved about his response? He said, Nick, I don't believe I'm called to that. I don't believe I'm called to that. I believe I'm, I, I'm to be part of a team and that my gifting is teaching and missions. And, you know, my heart just slept because I thought to myself, there is a secure man. There's a man who knows where he fits in the kingdom of God. And I was so thankful because what he didn't know, that I was sort of praying, saying, God, you know, can we keep him? Because I've actually got a job for him. We, we need to raise up people. We need to kick in the second part of our vision, which is to raise up people and teach them and equip them. And you need a teaching gift to do that, who, who layers, who builds people in layers, who builds brick upon brick. 
you know, he, he's, uh, this is a terrible example. I was trying to think of another one. This is a really bad example, so please forgive me. But I was thinking of the story of the three little pigs. Bad, bad story, Craig. But I was thinking, you know, sometimes God does not want us to build with straw. And he doesn't want us to build with sticks. He wants us to build with bricks that are solid. Because he knows there's an enemy that life can be really tough. And we need teachers, you know, in, in the body of Christ that can teach us how to build our life with the bricks of the principles of Jesus Christ that are solid and firm. So when the wolf comes, when enemy, when trouble comes, that we are safe and secure on the rock of Jesus Christ. And not only that, that when others who have not built correctly can come and find shelter. And we won't push them away when the prodigals come. We won't push them away. We come into the safety of what God is doing. And, you know, what I love about Greg is that he really brings that, that ability to just, you know, teach layer upon layer and just, you know, um, brick upon brick, which is absolutely fantastic. And I'm so thankful for that to see what God is doing in that regard. And, you know, he's not just got a teaching gift, but he's also has a missions heart and he's helping us in, in uh, you know, just rebuild our missions model. So then in the middle of that, you know, last year, around July, we took on the Victory Church, which is another huge thing that, uh, you know, God brought onto the table. But I'm so thankful for that because there's a great connection. We just had our network meeting with all our four churches, and I was so thankful for what God's doing there. We saw Alpha, uh, you know, be unlocked for three years. I was praying, God, we need, we need Alpha unlocked. And Alpha is not just a restorative course, it's an equipping course. But, you know, you have to write wait for the right people. I was thankful that John and Linda came. John and Linda Font came and joined us and doing a great job in that area. So God, in the last most probably year, we've most probably stepped into that raising up and restoring, the, the raising up of people and equipping people because if we don't equip them and empower them, we can't release them. And so I'm really thankful to God. I believe that we're starting to see the pillars of that being formed in the church. We're starting to see different courses. We're starting to see different opportunities to be trained and equipped so that each one of us can be fulfilled in the purpose of God. In 1 Samuel chapter 13 verse 19 it says this, it says that when the day of battle came that the Israelites, none of them except for Saul the king and Jonathan his son had a weapon or a sword. You know what that talks about? It means that the Philistines had this brilliant tactical warfare ability they had the ability to disarm an enemy you know what the philistines would do they would conquer an enemy and then they would disarm them by taking away the blacksmiths and so the bible says that on the day of battle in the israelite army only saul the king and jonathan had a weapon to fight against the enemy do you know what? That, that is what the enemy wants to do. Let me just say this. God does not just want to equip the pastors here. God wants to equip all of us with a sword and, and tools so we can do the work of the ministry. The blacksmiths that talks about there is actually the Ephesians 4.11 gifts. So I haven't got time to go into that study. But the Ephesians 4.11 gifts are really important. We are the blacksmiths and our job is to put weapons and tools in your hand so you don't have to come and say, well, I better go to one of the pastors to, you know, to, to, you know, to witness. I better go to one of the pastors so I can pray. I better go to one. Now, we will support you, but you know what? We want to put a sword and a weapon in your hand so you can fight the battle for your life and for your family. And I think that's really important. The thing that 
God really impressed on me that we were to build a discipleship template that was not ministry orientated. Please listen to what I'm about to say. Um, The danger that I have seen, and I've been around for a little while, you might be able to tell I'm sort of a bit of a dinosaur in the Pentecostal, starting to be a dinosaur in the Pentecostal movement, but one of the things that I've witnessed over the years, the danger of just discipling people to ministry, it's really dangerous. Now in John 10.10, Jesus did not say, I came to give you ministry and ministry in its abundance. He didn't say that. He said, I come to give you life and life in its abundance. And I really felt right from the beginning of the inception of this church that we were to have a discipleship um, template that was holistic. You know, and God spoke to me out of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. I won't go there. Luke 2, 52 and 1 Samuel 2, 26. Just, just, I'm just letting you know there's scriptural patterns just if you think it's just a philosophy I have. This is not a philosophy. This is a biblical pattern that we are to mentor people, that we are to equip people in all five areas of life. And those of you that know and that work with me very, very closely, the the template that we have to disciple people, to equip people, is we we talk to them about their physical life. How do you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? How many of you know if you don't take care of your body, you cannot function well? And this is a gift. God has given you a gift. Some of our gifts are a little bit bigger than others. But you know what? It's a gift that God's given us and we have to learn how to take care of it. That's why we brought in people uh, that will talk about nutritions and things like that because it's important. Your physical life will affect uh, much of your sometimes the way you think and the way you process and the way you do life. The second thing is that we were to help people in their emotional life. That we were taught to talk about the soul. How do your emotions work? How do, did you know that your mind and that your um, feelings, they are so powerful that they affect your will. And if you don't think right or feel right, guess what you're going to do? You're not going to act right. And there's so many people that are broken emotionally that sometimes, hear what I'm about to say, that sometimes you can cover those emotional brokenness through the spirituality of gifts. And you know how many people that I have seen in church life that you can get them up on a platform. Mate, when they preach, they can make you get goosebumps on your goosebumps. But they get off the platform, and I'll tell you what, their life's an emotional wreck. That is not what God wants. God wants us to be complete and, complete and be, to be whole. Now, we know that's a journey. And if I'm totally honest with you, that's been my biggest battle. The other day I was in a meeting and this, this leader said to me, he goes, so you're, you're a senior pastor of these campuses. What's your biggest challenge? I think he thought that I was going to say, you know, faith or finances or this. I said, me, I'm the biggest challenge. Because if I can't keep myself together, how can I lead the church? And so we want to talk about emotions. If, if You know, sometimes what happens, we think everything's spiritual. It's not. Some things are just emotional. But the Bible talks about that. The Bible talks about restoring your soul. Some of you here are still broken in some of those areas. And the last thing we want to do is try to cover those things up by just giving you spiritual gifts or unlocking them and actually bringing, causing more pain in your life. We have to have balance. We have to have a holistic approach. The other thing is obviously we want to talk about uh, finances and spirituality. We want to talk about relationships. You know, there are people that sometimes there's relational conflicts. You just have to be in a family and I guarantee you there's a relational conflict. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You just have to be in a family and I guarantee you that every single person in this room, somewhere along, there's a relational conflict. But how do you work through that? 
How do you keep yourself in a place of wholeness so you can minister? So ministry comes out of life. Does not come out of us putting you and sitting you in a room and just teaching you a few things. Now there's a component of that. But really, the way that God meant ministry to be, and through the Jews, if you look at the Jewish culture, what what, what the Jews would do is they would be they would be trained in these five areas. We want to equip you in all five areas. How many of you know that's a good idea? Do, do you think that's a good idea? Come on, give give God a clap for that. Say yes, we want to do that. So our movement, one of the things that we belong to the apostolic movement, which is one of the five Pentecostal movements in Australia. So you've got the uh, ACC, you've got the CRC, you've got the COC, you've got the ACDC, you've got the uh, apostolic church. Look, do you know, look, I've said this before, you know, movements are good because that's where God plants you, but only Jesus died for us. So I'm not a denominational person in, in the fact that, you know, we are apostolic and no, I, this is where God's planted me and I serve through this structure and, and I, I want to grow because this is where God's planted me and I thank God. But you know, our, our apostolic movement, we've got just over 100 churches in Australia. There's, there's churches in New Zealand, in England, in America. And, um, but one of, the, one of the things that we've really lacked is we've lacked the, the, the ability to train leaders and to train them in a way that they're holistic in their approach and so our movement just lacks leaders um, and because it lacks leaders and, and lacks people that understand apostolic authority and prophetic insight um, you know what our movement's trying to do and in the last three years we've transitioned 30 churches out of the 100 to new leadership that's a lot how many of you know that but we're starting to see some good things. We're starting to see that the leaders that are, that are starting to come up, because we're starting to use these templates, these biblical templates, there's a wholeness, there's something good that's happening in the movement. But because of it, you know, things are falling on the table of some of the guys like myself who've been around for a little while, who've got some experience behind their, you know, behind their belt, and people that most probably understand apostolic and, you know, prophetic insight. And so the third part of our, our, our vision, which is to release, um, we, we're starting to see this happen. Um, we're starting to see these three things happen in our churches, which is really, really exciting. In our Bendigo church, in Victory Church, you know, one of our staff, her name is Michelle Heather. Uh, her, she's married to a farmer. And five years ago, uh, Michelle is a scientist. And, you know, scientists, because of their scientific view about God, she's an atheist. And because she's an atheist, she was really, you know, she just had wanted no bar of church. But the thing is, her children went to the Victory uh, School, which is attached right to the church. And she loved the school but could not handle the church. She just, it really messed with her head. But while she was in the car park, she kept bumping into mothers who were Christians and she even bumped into the pastors and the staff. Cut a long story short, guess what happened? They invited her to church. She went and she got saved. Isn't that fantastic? God's got a way of just, you know, he's got your number. When God's got your number, you know, there's nowhere to run. And so she went to church, she got saved, she got, you know, filled with the Holy Spirit, she began to go to training courses, God began to restore her heart, she's a very, very intelligent person, but really had some, she was just locked up emotionally, and so what happened is, is that, um, you know, she, she started 
God just started speaking to her and she went through that literal process. She got restored, she got raised up. Now she's on our staff as a pastor. Can you believe that? Isn't that fantastic? And that's, that's really how the kingdom of God really works. Now, in releasing people, when I say that we raise up people and we release people, here's the other thing that we've done wrong in church life. We think that raising up people and releasing them is all got to do with getting them on this platform. That's not the case. We're here to build the kingdom of God, not just a church. And I, I haven't got time to go into this, but in Nehemiah, it talks about that Nehemiah, what he did is, is he came to a broken down city. He restored the walls, which talks about people, restored the stones, which talks about people, and restored the gates of that city. And Jerusalem, that's the city he restored, Jerusalem had eight gateways. Those eight gateways represent how to build a church each one of those gateways had a name there was the sheep gate which talks about you know raising up shepherds to take care of the sheep there was how about this gate there was the dung gate if you imagine you know you being in charge nick you're in charge of the dung gate the dung gate had to do with with emotional baggage there was also the water gate which talks about the word of god there was the fountain gate talks about the spirit of God now these gateways were so important of how to build a church but there are also eight gateways to our society very quickly let me give them to you there's the economic gateway there's the education gateway there's the entertainment gateway there's the media gateway there's the political gateway there's the cultural gateway and there's the ministry gateway so the danger that we have in church life is we are not here to just train people how to do ministry on a platform or how to do ministry like we know it in church life the key to building the kingdom of God is to getting into every one of those gateways and building his kingdom here on earth like for instance my wife is a teacher she is in the education gateway Right now, she's in the children's church, so on a Sunday, she ministers, she's ministering to children. Sometimes you see her up here worship leading. She's also a great communicator, and she communicates with the Word of God. But let me tell you, during the week, she's out in a school, and she's doing ministry just as much as I do every day of the week. Do you know, we have people in our church that are in the economic gateway. So Cam's business, he, he might be called to do that, that's his gateway. But you know what? He, wouldn't it be, isn't it great when you find businesses that have integrity? Businesses that represent the word of God through the business? Because we are a witness even in those places. And you know, can I say this and I say it, it respectfully, sometimes it's better to deal with unchurched or non-Christian people in business than, than business people who are Christians. What, what a shame. But really, God's, God's purpose is that we need to represent God in whatever gateway we're in. You know, John over here, he's one of our elders. He's a mechanic. He's got the call of God in his life. But his gateway, and I tell you what, he gets business, referred business, because of his honesty and integrity. And that's how it should be. You know, we've got, you know, the entertainment gateway. Nat has a music school. But there's, we've got two other... We've got two other, I believe, singing teachers in our church that run their own music schools. And that's, that's, that's gateways of influence. The political gateways are political. We, we, need to, we need to, you know, try to help our kids to understand God might call you to be a politician. They say politics and religion don't mix. That's a load of rubbish. Where do you think all the laws are made? 
We need to get some of our politicians to understand God's word. So there's eight different gateways. So when we talk about that we hear we're going to have a holistic approach to discipleship, but we are not going to just gridlock ourselves to go, well, we're going to teach you how to preach because maybe you're not called to preach. Maybe you're not called to lead on this platform, but there's eight other platforms of life that God could call you to. So let us help you, disciple you to your purpose and to the gateway of your life. Is that all right? Is that good teaching? Only three people. All right, that's good. Anyway, we'll get through that. Now, in saying all that, I'm about to make an announcement. I'm always making an announcement. You see, a church that's growing is always going to be on the move. We're always going to be on the move. About three months ago, I was approached because... This is not a boastful comment. This is just my gift and this is the call of God in my life. That that's what I do, but I'm Nick Resky. Okay, hear, hear this. There's, there's a separation. Don't get the two confused. Okay, I'm, I'm a normal person. I'm flesh and blood. I have emotional ups and downs. I'm a lot better these days. I still have that side of humanity. But the call of God on my life or the gifting mix on my life is to be apostolic prophetic, which means that I have a fathering spirit and my heart is to raise up generations, not just ones below us, but also work with the ones that are above me. And, you know, so that's what I do. I raise up ministries and position them in the place strategically that God has for them. So about three months ago, our national leadership team approached me and said, Look, there's another church that's come on the radar that needs your help. Would you consider looking at it? Do you know, now how many of you know I don't need any more work? Put your hand up if you know that. I really don't. But, do you know, I had to process it. And here's the funny thing. Whenever those things happen, I always pray and say, God, have you got people, have you got the right people for that position? Because if you haven't, I can't do it by myself. I couldn't do Victory Church if we didn't have a Steve and Jenny Maisie. I couldn't do, you know, Wangaratta if I didn't have a Bruce and Emily Horton that are doing an incredible job. We, we couldn't even do Alex if we didn't have Steve and Olivia. We couldn't do Uni Hill if we didn't have a Charles and April and a, and a Greg and Sue. I th- these are ministry gifts that we're raising up and releasing and raising up teams so we can fulfill the purpose of God and that through that your purpose of God will be fulfilled. And so I, I was praying and I was saying, God, do we have... and and, and you know, it's really interesting because where this church was, as soon as they told me about this church, I thought, I've got the couple. I've got the couple that can actually take on that church. And so you, because of what I'm about to say, you're going to know pretty well straight away where I'm going with this. But um, so, so what happened is I, I looked at it, I prayed about it, I talked to our team. The first person I talked to, apart from God and the Holy Spirit, is my wife. Because if my wife says no, it ain't happening. Now, she's a safeguard to me. Because, and I'm, I'm being honest with you, if she, if she says no, it ain't happening. You know, we've got God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, then we've got Meredith. That's how it works. Because, why is that? Because we're one. So if we're not in agreement, it ain't happening. Doesn't matter how much I throw a tantrum or how much, it just ain't happening. And as soon as I said, she says, that's what you need to do. You need to, she released me in it. And then I went to my team and they released me in it. And so, um, so what happened is that there's a church at Box Hill. Uh, that has approached us and said, would you take the leadership of that church, just like I'm, we're doing here. And um, that church is down to about 40 people and it has got great potential. It's got its own building. It's, it's really has a hallmark of what God could really unlock in there. The int- interesting thing about that church, they've got a food bank happening. 
I'm thinking, isn't that interesting that all our three campuses will have food banks, you know? And, um, you know, uh, about a year ago, um, um, Cliff and Marie Durkin came here to take on the role of uh, worship pastors. And uh, when they came here, I wasn't talking to them just about being worship pastors, but I said to them, look, I, I really believe there's a season for you here for you to come in connection with this ministry and this governance. And what I believe is going to happen is that when the right time, God is going to open up a door uh, that's going to release you into pastoring. And so this morning I do want to announce that Cliff and Marie Durkin, uh, as of in a couple of weeks' time, uh, we're going to release them and send them to Box Hill to be campus pastors. Isn't that great? So in a minute, I'm going to get Cliff up here. And look, you know, it's, it's been a journey. It, the, you know, these things that don't happen overnight. The, the incredible thing about this, I watch people and I watch how God was preparing them. I watched them through some of the journey of frustration. You know, they live pretty well on the other side of town. It takes them 15 minutes to get here. And, and, and at one stage, as a team, we were even thinking, how's this going to work? Because if they're really committed to the church, they'll move. Thank God we didn't put that on them because Box Hill is like 20 minutes from them. <laughs> and, and, and the interesting thing, when I began to ask them, you know, where would you, where do you feel God's calling you? You know, here's the thing that happened is that they said, look, Pastor Nick, we would go overseas, we would go interstate, but we love Melbourne. And I said, do you have any place, this is before they even knew about Box Hill, do you have any place in your heart that you feel God wants you to minister? And they said, you know what, if, if God calls us to you know, to like Doncaster or Box Hill, we would just feel that that's really where our heart is. And how many of you know, go, oh, I'm jumping up and down on the inside going, thank you, Jesus. Just like the same thing happened with Greg and Sue when we were sitting in that cafe, we began to talk. And when Greg told me what he told me, I thought, God, this is a God connection. So I'm just so really thankful to this couple. I've seen their journey. I've seen their frustration. I'm going to get Cliff up here. Cliff, you've got five minutes, mate. I'm going to cut you cut your time down. I'm sorry, I've waffled on so much. Can you come and give him a big, big hand? Thank you very much. And five minutes is probably more than enough. It should be. Uh, the, sooner, the sooner I get off here, probably the better, I think. <laughs> I mean that in, in, uh, in context, of course. So look, um, firstly, I want to thank the church. Uh, I want to thank the church. Uh, really, I don't want this to become a, a, a big sort of uh, speech about thanking people, but I, I guess... We have definitely been on a journey. You hear the word journey and season a lot. And it's funny, I've got an older brother and uh, my older brother would always, I think it's an older brother role to just kind of just, just remind you of how humane you are. And uh, he, uh, you know, I used to say something like, Glenn, remember his name's Glenn, I call him Glenno. He's just moved to Thailand. But he, um, he used to say, oh, you know, because I'd use something like, oh, I'm in this particular season or something like that. And, and believe in my heart, I was at that point in my life. And he'd, get, he'd do the whole, oh, your season, you know, I've heard that before. And so I just really... Uh, just dig away. But the thing about seasons, and, and, and really I think this is true of what uh, Pastor Nick was saying, is that it's important to recognize seasons because when, if you don't recognize that it is a season, then you can lose heart. If you want, because some seasons are about enduring. You know, if Ecclesiastes talks about there's a season for you know, effectively everything under heaven. Um, and it is important because there are things that change. and You have to be ready and willing to step in by faith into what the season that God's called you to. Now, Marie and I, over the last few years, have sensed as a family that, you know, we've taken... Coming here was a step of faith for us as a family. We knew it would be uncomfortable. 
we weren't trying to be uncomfortable. We knew in following the call of God to come here, it's not something that was going to be comfortable. Now, um, in doing so, though, there's been great fruit. And, and we can thank God that not only is this house growing, and let me say, this is a great church. You don't just hear that because I've got the microphone. I can tell you, and I will tell everybody else, that this really is a great church. You should be really proud and stoked that you're, you're part of a, um, a group of people that understand what it is to uh, be ministers of reconciliation to the world, to our community, and in some regards to other churches. And I think this is where this campus model is really starting to flourish. So we're really um, humbled uh, as a family uh, that, firstly, that God has um, opened up an opportunity for us to minister in the capacity that we have here at Uni Hill for the last 12 months. Um, there's been uh, just really some amazing people that God's put in our world. And we, we think about the, the 30, uh, 35 odd people that are now part of the, the worship team here that have just been a, an amazing support to us. And we're really, really, uh, really humbled by that. So look, we have had a journey. You know, we knew as a family that uh, there was a time that was coming that we would, we would minister in a, in a pastoring capacity. Um, and yes, this has definitely been a training game, but we didn't see it as that. We just saw it as this is what God's called us to do. Let's, let's, get our, let's dig into it. Let's, let's love the people that God's put in, in our lives. And we want to continue to do that and to support uh, the people that obviously are not only the worship team, but the church here. So um, I think it was our expectation that sometime down the track, you know, sometime down the track, I'll step out of the corporate world and, and, and sort of become a pastor. Don't know what it looks like, don't know when, but just that sense that it'll happen. And so in a sense, you know, we went to, uh, to Bendigo, actually, to Victory Church with Pastor Nick, and we had this uh, extensive conversation where he, he unpacked that dialogue he said before about, you know, would you, would you be willing to do this? Would you be willing to do that? And, and look, we were, we were really open and asked many, many questions. I reckon I grilled you, Pastor Nick, for a good three hours or more, I reckon, you know, and uh, I reon he 's going to need counseling after after that three three hour grilling I reckon. but uh, yeah, look, so we 've come to the stage where you know um, we we 're going to be released by the church, and I want to just say that you know what we need this church, we still need this house, Box Hill needs this house, we need the support, we need the prayer. And we are still here, and we are still, even though we'll be at a different campus, we're going to be very much in a position, um, in whatever capacity God gives us, to continue to support this house. And I see that as a being a real strength between two campuses or three campuses and some satellite churches where we can pull resource and we can, we can continue to support each other so that all the body, the body of Christ, continues to grow, continues to be strengthened, and see, really, the model that Pastor Nick's unpacked this morning be a reality in our lives. Amen? So look, I think due to time, I'm not going to share too much more than that. There was just three really quick points that I'll just throw out there that I shared with the team on Wednesday night. Um, and there were three things that, um, I, I suppose it's some, in some ways, is a little bit of a hallmark as to the way that we want to sort of uh, step into things. And it relates very closely to what Pastor Nick just shared. But uh, it was three things. And I just want to leave, again, I left the team with this on Wednesday night, but it's just know your God. And knowing your God, it's personal. It's not it's our God, like he's our God, but, it's, but God is your God. And when you take ownership of that and you understand how personal and how honourable that is, something changes in your heart, amen? It's also know your calling, and this is part of what we're talking about now, raising people up and understanding that, um, that you have been given specific gifts. You have been um, brought through certain circumstances so that you can continue to minister that re reconciliation and continue to build people's lives. Know your calling. Know your calling. And that's not a mystery in the sense that, 
you have to somehow, oh, I don't know my calling and sort of, God will lead you into that. Just think about that first step of faith. We did not know 12 months ago that in coming here to, to Uni Hill in Bandura that we were about to step into this, this uh, situation in Box Hill. We had no concept of that, zero concept. But we took that step of faith. We knew it was what God called us to do. And part of that now is unpacking some things in us that honestly we didn't know were in us. Amen? So it's, God can do that. And the last thing, and, and this, is, this is going to be, I think, a really big thing in stepping into a new environment and co- to continue to see here is, is to pursue unity. You know, unity doesn't just happen. We have to pursue it. As a church, you have to fight for unity because of the brokenness, because there's a need to restore, because there's a need to forgive. Those things only come through a pursuit of the heart of God and learning to love each other the way Christ loves the church. Amen? So I'm just going to leave you those three thoughts. I want to pass back to to Pastor Nick. And so honestly, thank you, Pastor Nick, for for releasing us, uh, for speaking into our lives, for your leadership, your guidance, your friendship. Um, and to all those for Pastor Charles and Pastor Greg as well, and, and all, of the, all of you guys who have been on this journey with us, we are sincerely appreciative and uh, we look forward to seeing what God continues to do. Amen. Fantastic. Marie, why don't you come up here? And we're going to get the elders that are here. Could you come up, Ross? And- These guys, we're just going to pray for them. Uh, And I don't know about you, they're they're not actually leaving us, we're just extending the family, all right? And uh, I think that's going to be fantastic. You'll see them back. Occasionally, some of our team will actually be going uh, also to Box Hill. We do need help down there, uh, but there's some really great linking things that we can do, which are going to be absolutely fantastic. Why don't we gather around these guys and why don't we pray? And come on, let's just extend your hand out to them. Father, we thank you right now for this couple. We thank you, Lord, that uh, you've called them. Father, you've been preparing them for years. You're even preparing them as individuals. Lord, then you brought them together, and Lord, they've got married, and Father, they've had children, and and Father, I thank you that you've brought them to this house. And Lord, as they, they stayed here, and Lord, as they settled here with, with no expectation, no thought of the future, just we're available. We're here, God. We're here, and we, when the time's right, Lord, we'll, we'll, we'll be released. And so, Father, we ask that you give them wisdom, you give them courage. You protect them. Lord, Lord, Lord they're, they're young. And Lord, we, we want to be fathers and mothers to them we want to make sure lord that we we guide them and protect them and love them we thank you lord that we see great potential we see the call of god we sense that lord they are pregnant with vision and the thoughts lord that you are going to bring great fruit not just from their hands but from their heart and so lord we just pray for a a fresh anointing And guys get ready because as you step i just see this happening that as you step as you step into that new place, there's a fresh anointing. There's a, there's a greater anointing, a greater awareness of the presence of God, of dependency on God and the power of His Spirit. We thank you for that in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Come on, give him another big hand. Here, God, this is just a small gift. Hey, Greg, can I just get you to come and close? And Greg's got one more announcement to make. If that's okay, I'm going to leave it to you to do whatever you feel. Oh, well, fantastic. Got another four hours to go. No, look, we our mission vision is really um, unfolding for us as a, as a leadership team. We've been talking about it quite at length. And, 
Um, just, just very, very briefly, because time is going. Um, we'll spend some more time unpacking it publicly uh, in the future. We really feel there's going to be three parts to our missions activity at Uni Hill Church. One of them will be looking at projects, so specifically helping with some developmental stuff, so whether it's buildings or um, water sources in different places and those sort of things. Another one will be church planting. And we, we really see the call on Nick's life in terms of his apostolic gift and his fathering heart is to actually help establish other churches, um, probably in our own nation, but also in maybe in other parts of the world. So we're not really sure where it's all going to go. We, ha- we have some sort of openings that we're exploring at the moment. The third part is training people or raising them up to release them so those churches become very healthy and functional right where they exist. And that effectively, I've said this before, mission in a local church should always come out of our own strength. So who we are as a local congregation, the gifts that God has given us, that is the people and their callings and their strengths. That's what God calls us to do in other partnerships, either either nationally or internationally. You can't give what you don't have um, in God's kingdom. And God has other people to do the things that he hasn't called us to do. And so it's really out of wisdom. We sort of see this as a bit of an arrowhead, effectively, like three points to an arrowhead. We will do projects, training, but really church planting will probably be the main focus for us. And certainly even what's happening with Box Hill right now is probably part of that story for us. So we actually have an opportunity to partner with a a young couple. Put that slide up for me. Thanks, Adrian. Um, We first met a guy called Scott Wellard um, through Harvest. He actually helped us set up the internship that we've got running. And he had some conversations with Nick. Um, He asked to see Nick because he had a vision and a, a real conviction to plant a church in the UK. And so he went to the UK with his work at the time and happened to actually meet Timothy Jack, who was the national leader of the Apostolic Australia, is now the national leader of the Apostolic Movement UK. And so long story short, uh, Scott and his wife Rachel and their their young child, they're going to relocate to to the UK to plant a church. And we really feel to sort of partner with them and get behind them not just financially, that's going to be part of it, but also to help support, raise, help him, you know, train a team, raise them up and those sort of things. So go to the next slide. Thanks, Adrian. Um, we're going to actually have Scott come and share with us on the 28th of May. He'll actually come to our church. He'll be here on Sunday morning and uh, you'll get to meet him, hear his heart, his vision and what's happening there. And uh, really from then on, we really want to get behind him, pray for him, support him, may even send people to help in what he's doing over there in his church plant because his vision is to actually, he's actually there right now just doing some exploratory stuff and he's coming back in a couple of weeks. Um, Then he'll come to our church before they relocate. But he wants to um, raise up a local team, see where the need is, where they can actually start their church. And so this is the first time in probably a long time that our denomination is planning a church overseas, particularly in the UK where the apostolic movement was born. Um, so we just really see this as part of the bigger picture because really, look, one of the key things is we are not here for ourselves. We are here serving a God who's building his kingdom. It's never about us and what's just happening here. We always have to understand we are part of a larger picture that's global and eternal. And so we sort of feel that Scott's going to be part of our 
journey together in missions. And there's some other things we'll present in the future as well. So that's going to happen. Isn't that exciting? You'll, you'll get to meet him in a few weeks. Why don't we stand together? I'm going to close the service right now. I'm going to pray for all of us. Pray for Box Hill. Pray for Pastor Nick. Let's bow our heads, shall we? Father, we just can't fathom the way things have fallen into place over these last five years. And Lord, we give you all the glory, all the praise. We acknowledge that it's your guidance, your empowerment, your calling. And Lord, we are conscious to remain humble before you, that this really is about what you have us do in your greater plan. And Lord, we are privileged to serve a God that is so mighty and so able to bring about his plans on this planet. And so, Father, as a local congregation that we call Uni Hill Church, we just pray your blessing and anointing over Cliff, Marie, the congregation of Box Hill. Lord, we pray over Victory Church, over Wangaratta, over Alexandra, Lord, and, and whatever else that you call us to do. Lord, may we understand this is about your plan. And Lord, that all of us have a part to play right here. And Father, I pray, Lord, that we would continue to grow in our understanding, our maturity, and that we would celebrate the release of people to serve you wherever that is. That we would really be an apostolic heart, not by just strategic language, but by our very core value of raising people up and sending them out, that your kingdom would be grown and established and strengthened and discipled on this earth. And Father, may we be championing the cause of your kingdom around the globe. And so, Father, we just commit ourselves to you, to this very vision, the heartbeat of our church right here and the calling over our senior leader, Pastor Nick. May you continue to bless, anoint him, lead him, strengthen him. And Lord, we just pray, Father, that this would continue to grow. That, that, uh, that community hub right next door, Lord, let that happen according to your will and your purpose. And may our local community be blessed by everything that flows out of that. And we commit it again to your hands. You are the one that leads and guides us. We acknowledge you as our saviour, our leader, our king, and really our master. Have your way over our lives in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Great. Look, thanks very much for coming today. Why don't you hang around? We've got